From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones, this is Tribune Sports Radio. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 49 of Tribune Sports Radio. I'm your host, Ben Raskin. With us is my good buddy, pal, fishing compadre, uh, baseball fanatic, and digital editor of the Salt Lake Tribune, Kevin Winter-Morris. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you after a one-week absence. Yeah, sorry about the one-week absence. Uh, I am uh, making a slow transition from slinging drinks for a living to uh, slinging rhetoric for a big corporation. Yeah, Yeah, big time. (laughs) Big time. So it's actually a good place to lead off with. Uh, Yes, so much to catch up on with. Racing, and we're not talking about like uh, Indianapolis 500, which is coming up in the short I'm talking about road racing. What's the last race that you did personally, like uh, 5K, 10K, marathon? Oh man, uh, the Go St. Louis half marathon in 2013, I believe. Really, April of 2013. Like two years ago, yeah. How'd you do? Or no, because I would have been in Salt Lake, it would have been three years ago. How'd you do? Uh, I finished. Yeah, that's all. Not you know. well. <laughs> I I hadn't I hadn't really prepared. Well, I, uh, but that uh, so tell me hit hit me with it hit me I want to hear it. Okay. Well, anyway, so what happened was yesterday is uh, the new company I'm working for. We were uh, doing a partnership with Kennedy Junior High here in Salt Lake City, which I guess is actually in West Valley City, and uh, they're encouraging people who work for the company to go downstairs and to join the kids in a 5K race. I signed up for it, and with the understanding is that. I thought I was going out there, hand out water bottles, you know, get on the sidelines, going like, come on, push, 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 you got this, you got this. Little did I know that when I showed up down there, uh, the people all looked at me and go, where's your running clothes? And then, like an idiot, I said, well, actually, I actually have my gym clothes in the truck, what I should have oh. said. Oh, my gosh, I forgot that was today. You know? Oh, yeah. Smash, smash cut to 15 minutes later, no stretching, no hydration, and probably a two-beer buzz from the night before. <laughs> I get into the side on the starting line with about 200 kids from Kennedy Junior High, and we proceed to go out on a five-mile, uh, pardon me, a 5K race. And now I run my, personally. I've run four marathons myself, all of Salt Lake City, 2004 all the way to 2007. Finished all of them, usually sub seven hours because they're not that good. Uh, you finish, you finish. You finish, you finish yeah. on that one, and that's literally what your medals get on the back of it. It's right. it, it says finisher, right? It doesn't say, you know. I, I, I guess the laurels, the, the golden laurels that they award, you know, the, the guys from Nigeria that win the Boston Marathon, they get a little more recognition. But everyone else, finisher. That's yeah. all it was. Although, uh, well, well, we'll come back to my story about okay. it. Continue. Sorry. So anyway, um, but the one th- there was a couple of uh, observations from the race was was uh, starting off with this one. Doesn't matter if it's a marathon. It doesn't matter if you're watching the Boston Marathon on TV or the Rock and Roll Marathon down in San Diego, New York City Marathon, Chicago Marathon, or even here in Salt Lake City. When the when that starting pistol goes off and everybody uh, kind of leaves across yep. the starting line, it's exhilarating. Oh yeah, it's it might be organically one of the best things in sports yes and it doesn't matter what level because i was obviously running with a bunch of junior high kids and on, on top of that it might also be the most dangerous thing oh yeah yeah in sports because yeah. kids were hitting the deck left right and center yes and i remember all the other adults and i i put myself in that category loosely we were basically running by and just scooping up <laughs> kids pop them on their feet patting them on the back it's like let's go let's go go yeah. son 3.1 more miles to go um 
as we got out of the gate and everyone gets their pacing and stuff as we're heading down the road, I saw this and I wish she knew we had a podcast and I wish that I could I could have found her after the fact. But this young little girl, probably about 12 years old, like seventh grade or something like that, she's running along, super duper high stepping, hands kick pumping high in the air, really, really high in the air. And next thing you know, she just catches her ankle and oh, right down to the ground. I was walking, not walking, I was jogging. My, my jog is about as fast as a walk. But right. as I was coming up on the kid, I was like, there's one guy, someone should help her. And then there was this one guy, like, oh, I'm probably the adult in this I'm situation. that guy, right. So I go over to her, and as I'm trying to bend down to help her up, she just pops right up, like, to throws a burpee up. Literally, it's the first time I've ever seen this, dusted herself off, like, just did one of those yeah. numbers, and then, like, a jackrabbit went down the road. Nice. But, uh. Anyway, I mean, not much really to discuss about Did you it. finish? Finished 39 minutes, 43 seconds. Not, not you, too shabby. Put you down at 13-minute clips on those monitors. Uh, that, yeah, that's okay. That's, yeah. uh, you know, hey, uh, that's okay. Yeah. Now, did you run the whole thing? Uh, yes. Um, no walking at all? Uh, I did walk once because this was a very informal 5K, and we didn't have traffic stops, so... There was a moment where I had to come to a complete stop as I'm ah. waiting for a FedEx truck to back up. Not, well, not come moving forward, back up into a loading dock. <laughs> Besides that, one moment, it was me and about seven other kids, uh, you know, like, I was sitting there, I tried joining in place, but I was like, ah, fat. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I, my heart was in it. If it wasn't for this one um, interruption. I will tell you this, though. It was nice running with some of uh, the kids down there that have, um, they for, you forget that when you get older, like, the difference in age between a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old is insurmountable. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then for a 12-year-old to a 41-year-old, I mean, at this point in time, literally, and this is no exaggeration, I could be his father. Right. You know? like, yes. I'm yes. the age for But um, when you have these things and you're trying to do this avuncular role, which I always like to kind of embrace, you know, being yeah. the uncle figure. And the guy looks at me, and one of the kids looks at me and says, you have really big calves. And I was like, well. <laughs> Thank you. And he goes, you're also running really slow. <laughs> so he mistook cab size with the ability right. to move. So Yes. But uh, good fun by all. Uh, a couple thousand bucks raised for this event. So, you nice. know, and uh, tip of the cap to Kennedy Junior High. Go ca- uh, go Crusaders, you know, and I hope you guys trickle into the preps ranking uh, shortly so we can follow you uh, here at SaltLakeTribune.com when you guys are playing some high school football, swimming, all the other sports. Because we're real big with the junior high population. We don't, a lot of them are, are listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, a lot of them. Unfortunately, we don't do enough farm system work with the junior high, so we can really kind of dig in to see how the high school kids will be doing. It, it's true. You know, maybe maybe we need to do that more. Maybe we need to be the uh, Salt Lake Bees of... Uh, the AAA the, affiliate. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, so, uh, okay, so uh, you brought up the start of a race. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I've done, I, I, I did, uh, most of my stuff was in St. Louis. The interesting thing about this that you don't really understand until you do one of those big races is how far you have to run to get to the starting line. Couldn't agree more. That, that is an under, I mean, you just don't understand that. Like, for instance, because the way that it works, uh, for those listeners, uh, hi, hi, Mrs. Raskin. <laughs> uh, hi, the way that works is that uh, they, they try to put the fastest people at the very front yeah. because that way they don't have to run through everyone. Well, that means if you're the slow guy, and, and so like a marathon, you have to say about where the t- your finishing time, what you estimate your finishing time, and that's where they tell you to line up. They kind of crowd you up into those right. groupings, yeah. Exactly. And so I was, it, the, the marathon was in St. Louis, but I think I lined up in Kansas City. I was so far back. <laughs> 
And when you know that you're facing 26.2 miles, or even even if you're doing a hack, 13.1, like, you know, you don't want to go too fast out of the gate when it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't count. Now, your time starts when you cross because there's a chip in your shoe. Right. But you got to understand, like, there, you got a lot of distance there that you got to cover before it starts for real. <laughs> and, man, I just took my time. Like, there are people running. I was kind of walking maybe a little a little bit faster than the usual walk. I'm like, you run all you want, sucker. You're an idiot. I'm, I'm smarter than you. And then you get up and you finally cross the line. And then people are like, oh, now this is for real. Now it counts. And, like, people just take off. I remember that. Like, people just taking off. And I'm like, man, I started – in the gonna finish in six hours corral, <laughs> you did too. So at some point you realize, you know, I'm probably gonna be finishing about six hours. But all of a sudden this guy thought he was uh, some Steve Prefontaine and just starts going. And I good uh, man, pull there. Not bad. You ever see a Oregon runner? For me. One of my prouder moments was when I passed that sucker. And I was like, how are you feeling now? As he's on, he's, it's like four miles in. He's like, oh, 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 oh. and I'm like, nice, easy jog. Running right past him. I'm like, yeah, won't see you at the finish line. Sag wagon, pick him up. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny when you think of marathon running. It's like we're uh, it's kind of we're like just the accessibility from the, you know, like from the Olympic. Well, yeah, technically not the Olympics, but let's go with the Boston Marathon. You know, probably our most prestigious uh, marathon we have in the country here. But other great introductions or like beginning of uh, sporting events, you know, like I think we have one of these coming up this weekend, and I don't think we can speak at length about it because I don't know any of the uh, participants, but the introduction to the Kentucky Derby, that's almost as exhilarating as the race itself. Oh, oh yeah. You know? Oh, sure. You know? The, 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 uh, when they get out there and the call to post, mm-hmm. oh, forget it. It's about it's the coolest, you know. And uh, with this and the other thing, kind of transitioning to the big fight that's happening tomorrow here. I mean, the ring introductions for prize fighting. It might there's times where it is much better than the action you'll see inside of the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always uh, had this idea in my head that if I was a professional fighter, I'd like to go into the ring to Metallica's like uh, I think it was for whom the bells toll, you know, and with that's you know with the bells ringing and kind of marching down there with this phalanx of police officers and a. Towel ripped in half over my head, you know, a la Mike Tyson, get into that ring. But the reality is that if I were to get into the ring with either of these two guys, I'd be knocked out in 15 seconds. You wouldn't last that long. 15 seconds? I can dance for 12 seconds. No, you can't. I can dance. No, you aren't that fast. I can dance. So uh, what would your what would your boxing name be? Benny the Ripper? No, it'd be Badlands Raskin. Badlands? Uh, yeah, to go through Ben Raskin, you got to go through a thousand miles of Badland. Oh, I like it. Oh, they, they, uh, you've thought that one out. I like that. I might have I like considered that. that one in the past. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you have uh, a moniker that you would like to use in your fight game? I haven't really thought about it. I, I've kind of, I'd probably come into Amazing Grace. Um, try to lull the opponent to sleep, uh-huh. um, give him this false sense of, uh, or maybe battle him in the Republic. I mean, I, I'm thinking I've got to try, I, the psychological game's going to be important for me because I'm a big baby, and as soon as I get hit, I'm done. So, uh, like you saying, you could last 15 seconds with either Pacquiao or Mayweather, not me. Because, I mean, first of all, I don't have, cat, like, reflexes. So, okay, if they so- throw a punch, I can't duck. Second of all, if they hit me, I'm going to fall to the mat and cry like a baby. Which is, you know, which is a smart move. Yeah, which also is why I'll never do MMA. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I've told this story before. I, I, I love to, to play recreational hockey. Yeah. And uh, I'm on a, a couple of adult leagues out of the Olympic Oval. And I have told teammates 
if you get into a scrape, just know <laughs> I'm going to the bench and I do not have your back. Because I really feel like as long as I am upfront about that, There's, that it's okay. You are the friend that says, I do not own a truck and I have a bad back. Please do not ask me to help you move. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I would 100%. Okay. Like if I were a major league baseball player, right? You know how they love, man, they love if oh, you threw up my guy and now we got to clear the benches. I would make sure to go through. I would actually have a list of every major league player. And I would find one player on each team that I would become friends with. I would do lots of research. Like, who's the who's the pacifist on each team? Yeah, yeah, and then I would reach out to them before each series. And I would say, let's say, for instance, it was you on the Padres. I would say, hey, Benny, well, here's the deal. Kansas City White Sox. Because right, they got, right. they got right. into a that example. this week. Yeah. Good example. I would be like, Benny, here's the deal. Yeah, what is it, Kevin? All right, Benny. <laughs> if a scrape breaks out, you and I will meet at second base. Okay. And... Just kind of shoving, would, uh, basically jazz hands at for each the, other. Okay, for the listeners at home at this point in time, Kevin looked like he was giving me a magic, a magic, magic figures massage from across the studio. <laughs> a, a lot of people uh, like the, my my best way to explain it is Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. Okay. <laughs> you know, arms that are there but they really have no power behind them. And I would be like, and we'll just talk about where we're gonna go to dinner. Mm. And and I would have someone on every team because there's no way like. If someone throws a punch at me, pff, forget it. Like, this, I, first of all, what? you throw a punch at me, I can't throw a punch back at you because I'll miss. Um, so, so, I mean, so we're there, we are not putting you in the ring at any time against Pacquiao and Mayweather. No, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't want to be the referee because I'd be afraid of getting hit. I, I seriously am the big. I, I grew up with two <laughs> sisters, one older, one younger. <laughs> they will confirm that I am the biggest baby in the world. Oh my. Yeah. But a hell of a digital editor. <laughs> I guess. Got to be good at something because taking a punch sure ain't it. Well, you know, we, we, you were talking about not uh, having a lot of interest in this fight. I, on the other side, have a lot of interest for this fight. Um, what what about Pacquiao Mayweather Don't do, do you not get the, the, the appeal for? Why, don't, why doesn't this uh, moment, this cultural moment, this zeitgeist, not kind of like grab you the way it's grabbed me? Okay. In, in fairness... Um, you know, you had said, oh, you, you, earlier you were like, oh, you know, I was going to invite you to come watch the fight. And actually another friend of mine um, uh, in town, he also said, hey, my wife and I are going to go see the fight if you want to come with us. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this one. Uh, this is probably the first one that I can think of that I actually am. Like when the Klitschko's were fighting, when I, I just didn't, I don't, it didn't appeal to me at all. This one, I'm mildly interested. I don't like blood. Okay. I don't like blood at all. And so, um, like, and it just, that, that's, I don't, like, I, I under, I appreciate the sport of it. I, I mm -hmm. really do appreciate the athleticism involved in, in the competition. It, it just isn't my thing, but I actually might, I might watch this one. This one, I think this is bigger what, a couple of things which I, I like, and, and it's, number one is that I think I'm in agreement with a lot of boxing experts out there, or I'm just parroting what they're saying, is that this fight feels about five years too late. You know? Yeah. So yeah. the timing on this isn't, it isn't particularly strong. Um, you know, they have five common opponents, and they've all of the five common opponents they've all defeated, you know. And uh, so, you know, the tail of the tape of looking at the different fighters, it's like you've got these different trajectories here. You've got Floyd Mayweather. You know, who's slick as snot, you know, who's yeah. calculating 
beyond belief in both who he schedules to fight and how he fights each of these fights versus a, a Pacquiao who, in my opinion, not seeing a loose cannon, I think there's a lot of control there, but he has, in my opinion, a little more something to prove with this fight. Yeah. And, I, and for him, it's sort of like, he, I think he's got five career losses. Uh, I think two of those happened very early in his career. But, you know, for him, it's not about a win or a loss on this one. I think for Pacquiao, it's how well he shows up. Yeah. Whereas Floyd is going to be playing more of a defensive role, in my opinion, because I think his 47-0 and record is sacred to him, you know. And I think, so just right out of the gate, you know, the style of how they fight is going to dictate a lot of the terms of this. I, um, I mean, I'm interested, I'm very intrigued that if Mayweather thinks he's going to take this to the judges, whereas Pacquiao, honestly believing he's going to put Floyd down on the canvas. Right. I, the, the part that, and, and I'm, I, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this. Like I said, I, I'm I'm mildly interested, and there's a possibility that I will watch it. Um, but after Saturday, I really I don't see, and that's what I I kind of wonder about your opinion. Like whoever the winner is, I don't feel like they're going to be like this big celebrated hero. I think it's going to be like oh, okay, and everyone kind of goes off and does their own thing. Especially with kind of where we are in sports right now, like baseball is starting to take off, but the NHL playoffs are going on, the NBA playoffs are going on. You have the the NFL draft is this weekend, so there's all this stuff that's going to be coming out of that from well, Saturday. It's, it's funny you bring up that. It's funny you bring up the uh, the NBA around this one is that. Well, with what Chris Paul did and uh, Blake Griffin did yesterday with the Clippers forcing a Game 7 against San Antonio, this could interfere with the time that Pacquiao goes inside of the ring because of his passion for the Spurs. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. I yeah. mean, he pulled the same shenanigans with uh, Desert Storm Tim Bradley about a year and change ago. You know, And uh, in that fight there, uh, Bradley was awarded a questionable win. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about this before the mics got fired up, is that there... There's, I don't see at the end of this fight that Pacquiao or scratch uh, 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 money, money Mayweather on this one is going to be considered the champ. You know, like right. you know, the, all the press there has been leading up to this and stuff. It's kind of opened up opportunities for other fighters like uh, Vander Holyfield and Mike Tyson, notably because both those guys are actually publicly backing Manny Pacquiao. With Tyson having one of the greatest uh, uh, arguments ever uh, against Mayweather, who said he's the best other TBE. And he compares himself better than Muhammad Ali and, yeah. you know, and Robinson, you know, and even Mike Tyson and stuff. And Tyson just kind of like puts him in his place and says, you know, it's like, you are a sad little man, <laughs> you know. And um, when asked by Stephen A. Smith, uh, uh, Mayweather, whether why he thinks he's the greatest one ever, and then Stephen A. brings up Ali and all the other greats, and he says, weight class. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm yeah. a lighter weight class. But I don't buy into that, you know. And I think the hubris of what, you know, uh, Mayweather's been doing building up to this fight has been good for generating interest in the fight, good for selling tickets, good for having people like my friends plunk down 100 bucks to do the pay-per-view on this one. Um, I think a lot of this, even as a fight fan, is that I've been wanting this fight for so long and that I worry about how disappointed I'm going to be around 11.30 tomorrow right. evening. Right, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, whoever wins, it'll, it'll be a great accomplishment. And that'll, that'll be fine. But I, I don't think it's going to be someone who celebrated the way – I mean, you, the fighters that you mentioned, a couple of them, you know, Mike Tyson, even now, um, and you're so he's far removed. He like I, Mike Tyson, in my opinion, is still the champ. He's man. a bad man. Yeah, he's you know, a like bad, bad man. right. And and you mentioned him, you, like Frazier, Ali. I mean, when you, when you start talking about those, the names that are so legendary in in sports, not just boxing, but in sports. 
I don't see Pacquiao or Mayweather joining that class. I just don't see it. And there's a, the thing about Pacquiao is that in and out of the ring, I like the fact that he has actually two very distinct personalities. Not schizophrenic, but ra- rather he has when he's on the clock as a fighter in the ring. You know, uh, it's just it's short, compact style, very fast hands, extremely hard hands. You know, I mean, guy's got hard, hard hands. You know, but outside of the ring, he is one of the most affable fellows you'd ever look at. You know, yeah. and and he looks somewhat like a teddy bear, and like yeah. literally, yeah. kind of soft features and soft eyes and stuff. You look at Mayweather. He's a villain, you know, and he, right. he, you know, and he did this thing like much like professional wrestling for all these years. He wanted to be the heel. He's finally the heel now. If he's trying to turn this around, well, you know, frankly, he's got a rap sheet that proves that maybe it's going to take right. a lot more than wanting to be a good guy that can actually kind of sway the public persona. But let me ask you this question: I was talking to my brother about the fight, and he was asking me, "Who are you rooting for?" And I'm a, I'll, I won't uh, show my hand on who what my prediction is, but I'm rooting for uh, Pacquiao for whatever reason. I think I feel he's an exciting fighter, and he's actually put himself out there on fights that he was not guaranteed to win, and so much he has yeah. lost those fights. But my brother had asked, why are you not rooting for Mayweather? Because he not, his record of 47-0 stakes him the greatest current U.S. American champion. And it's funny thinking about all these Americans rooting for Pacquiao. I'd be think they'd hard, be hard-pressed to find Philippines on a map their first try. Right. And they're rooting for a guy that who is he is publicly a Filipino who supports his own nation. He's an elected representative there. Yeah. You know? And so what do you say about that? I, I just— And I'm not I, trying to bring jingoism into it, you know. No, to, I, you know I, but I, right. I'm actually curious why it's so funny seeing all these people root for, you know, the, the guy who is not the American. I, I don't—see, uh, but I don't think that— and I don't follow it as closely as you. I don't see it as as that. I don't think it's been billed as that. I think it's been billed as two of the premier fighters of our age yeah, finally doing battle instead of USA versus the Philippines. And and it, it's a hard sell because, like— We've already won if, that fight in the Spanish-American War. Right, right. I mean, it, it, you know, Rocky didn't fight the, someone from the Philippines, you know? Um, like— Get One of my best friends in college was was Filipino, and it's like, wait, what? Um, I don't. That made no sense at all. That had no, nothing but, to do with anything. But but I, I just I don't see it as a us versus them thing. No, it's not an us versus them. But it's funny is that I think that in itself speaks so much about who Mayweather is. Is that. He is such a divisive character that the promoters of these fights do not have to come up with unique ways, or I'm sorry, even half-handed or hacky ways right. of promoting this fight. It's more like Mayweather's the bad dude, but he's right. the bad dude that backs it up in the ring. And Pacquiao, is he our great hope for subduing this beast? You know, right. That's been somewhat of the storyline, and I, you know, it, it, it's almost weird with with all this 24-hour coverage that we have with all these events, from everything, you know, and it's, it's great. If you're, if you're passionate about hockey, yeah, of course I want to be inside on, you know, on the ice following everything about. But there's also this moment where it's like, you don't need to promote this fight. Right. You know? right. This is like showing me the previews to Furious 7. It's like the second I heard you were making that movie, I'm in. You know? Right. And right. that Star Wars movie coming out in December, you don't need to quit releasing trailers. I don't need to see it. You right. will get my money once, guaranteed possibly twice in the theater, and maybe even a third time with a purchase at the end of it. Right. Right. And, and I, I, I think that that's a smart way to do it. I think it's, I think that to try to make it that jing, that jingoistic type of approach I, I think would be the wrong one because yeah. because what what you have to do is you have to sell it as the two premier athletes in their sport competing head to head 
And I mean, you know, the NBA does it beautifully um, on like Christmas Day, you know, where it would be like Kobe versus Michael, you yeah. know, and you watch it because you wanted to see the two premier people. It, whether you really like basketball or not, you knew the names. And that's, I think that that's the case with this fight, too, is you know the names. And even if you aren't a really into boxing, it's still, well, these are two, these are two of the best. Like, if you, if, if you want to see the best against the best, here's your chance. And you don't get to see it very often, especially in boxing. Well, you know, and I think the other thing is that when we talk about these watershed moments, or the, it's not the watershed moments, it's the water cooler moments, yeah. you know. And uh, I believe, you know, it's, it's, it's the same reason why I read Fifty Shades of Grey a while back. Horrible because, book. Horrible book. Horrible, 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 yes. horrible book. But it's like, this is what people are talking about. And it was on the New York, New York Times bestsellers list for years right you know and i mean and ten thousand i'm sorry ten million copies yeah when you get to that kind of point it's sort of like you have to be a little bit curious about this and it's when non-fight fans and even non-sport fans are asking who you got right that's when this is like something i feel it's important um you know i mean big picture no this is not curing ebola this is not you know curing cancer or stopping you know wars around the world but culturally i think you know as we talk so much on this podcast is that Sports come sort of benchmarks for society, and I think this is the one that we haven't had a fight fight like this yeah. forever. Yeah. You know, it's been 15 years. It it probably had to have been Holyfield Tyson was the last time there was this kind of uh, you know built in right. non manufactured excitement for this fight. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. I I don't know. I I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I I want you know I want Pacquiao to win this thing, but my, both my uh, see it's like a Wizard of Oz thing. You know, like the, the one that has no heart says it's going to be Floyd winning this thing, stopping him in the seventh. And then one has no brain, the Scarecrow, it's like it's going to go to the cards and it'll be a 2-1 split decision. And it'll just set up Pacquiao Mayweather 2 and seven months out of the, you know, the MGM down Las Vegas. Yeah, you see, that, that's my fear is that you get the, the lead up to things like this and then the actual product doesn't match the hype. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think... Anecdotally, I think it happens a lot in uh, MMA mm-hmm. where, like, the buildup is this is going to be great. And then one guy gets the other guy in some hold and it's over in. in well, Ronda Rousey, when she. Right. What, what was, was that, seven? I think seconds? it was like, I literally think it was a 16 seconds until she armbarred the other girl. And, you know, this is the unfortunate thing about it. that armbar happened so fast, I already forgot who her opponent was. Right, you know? exactly. And now, I mean, it, right. it involves Google or, you know, bringing a fight fan, like an, a UFC fight fan here to bring it up. And. What I think with this boxing is that all the analysts that I've been reading and watching on TV and following online uh, is it's basically everyone wants Hagler Hearns again, you know, where you have right. the hardest three rounds of boxing you've ever seen in your entire life. And you know what? Like, we are all got our fingers crossed and we're all praying that this is going to be two guys that just basically drop the mitts and say, let's go. Let's get right. this on and let's we're, we're going to give... You know, uh, Will Ferrell, who spent $150,000 for a front-rowing SIG right. ticket. And stuff. We're going to give him every cent of his money back plus fivefold. You yes. Know? And yes. I, I just, I think this is an over-promise, under-delivered situation where I don't think there's no way, there's no way this is going to over-deliver. You know, and I think it, part right. of it's going to be on Monday, it's going to be a lot of us at the water cooler looking at me or going, like, how the hell did I spend a hundred bucks on a pay-per-view? Yeah, you yeah. Know? that's what I'm afraid of, too. And and I think that it would be and, and that's the problem is that when you have stuff like this and it doesn't live up to the hype, you lose those casual fans. Yeah. And it, it's really hard to to bring them back and convince them. No, no, no. That really that was just that that was a weird one. You know, that that was an anomaly. It really this is great. Um, I. 
yeah, I would love to see the two of them as soon as that bell rings, round one, just going at each other like, like there's no tomorrow, and just and and you sit there and you go, I don't know if they're gonna make it to the third round the way yeah. that these two are going at each other. That's what you want to see now. Whether or not you do. Because if it gets into a real, oh, well, it was technically beautiful. When, when you get into tech, it, I, I, think, I think that this is a trap that happens all too often with uh, soccer fans versus not, non-soccer fans. Uh, so. Is that you get into, um, it's a beautiful game. You don't appreciate all the small things. Well, you know what? I want to see a couple goals scored. And I want to see a couple <laughs> just beautiful saves. If I see that. That captures me, and then I want, then I kind of learn more about the game, and then I can appreciate the runs and the passing and the footwork. But you got to hook me a little bit. Um, and if you don't, I don't want to hear, like, I, I just don't care. I, I understand, it isn't a, it's not a uh, judgment of whether I like soccer, or whether it's a good sport, or whether the athletes, like, all that's a given. Like, there are tremendous athletes at, who do tremendous things. I just, well, it's got to hook me. You I, know, like you've got to find a way to hook me. I agree, but you know, I mean, it's weird as a you know as a huge baseball fan, as we were saying in the introduction, is that part of what makes baseball to me is that it's a game of anticipation. You know, yeah. and I, how often is the right fielder out there? You know, uh, just basically watching the pitcher get into his windup, and then basically at that moment he gets into his crouch, and then the mitt gets right. out. Of, you know, like he stops playing with the grass, he stops feeding sunflower seeds in his mouth, he stops checking out the chicks in the back row right. behind him. Where it's like, here it comes, ball. And then he yeah. goes back into his routine. You've got almost, not literally, you've got 10 people every single pitch going through a singular routine, depending upon the situation on the field. And that's it. With soccer, I'm with you. It's like, it has to grab you. And I think with that comes with education. And, you know, you have to know as much about the game of the players as you possibly can to kind of really appreciate that. But for your casual fan, boxing doesn't need much introduction. You know, it's like we remember what schoolyard bouts look like. We know yeah. we know when two, you know, we, we know when you fight, 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 that there's going to be a payoff <laughs> at the end of this because two guys are going to fight or one guy's going to walk away with his tail between his legs. Right. And I don't see Pacquiao Mayweather being one of those things where there's going to be a tail between the legs. I think this is going to be... I, I just I, I want this I want this like the way that I want just everybody in my life to be happy and wealthy and successful. You know, I right, want this to right. be so good and I'm gonna be a little disappointed if not I incredibly disappointed if it's not. You know, but anyway, I've uh, I'm gonna throw my prediction out, but I'm gonna throw uh, I'll go first. Um I would like to give you well it could be Panky this way and Mayweather this way, but and my heart of hearts, I think this is going to be a standing TKO for uh, Money Mayweather, seventh round or before. And uh, I think Pacquiao is going to have his hands full by the fourth. And I think if this fight goes to Mayweather, hopefully we get a five, six, seven round where it's basically him imposing his will upon Pac-Man and then eventually dropping him to on a standing count. I'm going to go with Mayweather in the last round by knockout. That'd be great. That that that. that He's gonna he's gonna jump off the top rope, <laughs> off the turnbuckle, off the turnbuckle, which he's already eaten, a la George Animal Steel, come flying off with a flying uh, left and land. As, no, uh, yeah, I, I think Mayweather wins it by knockout. Yeah, it's late. Yeah, it, I I think not that he you know he's he's self proclaimed he's all about the money. He doesn't look at he's he, he's had this multiple times like he's not fighting Manny Pacquiao. He has an opponent on Saturday that he needs to defeat. Yeah, you know, and so 
I, it's all about the cash for money, and you know that's the way it is. Viacom Diaz, and you know I will be talking about this on Monday. You know, hopefully we're talking about this Monday. You know, that's to me maybe that's the best part about this fight. What happens on Monday? Yeah, you know, but yeah, I, and you know what? I'm all about both those guys getting paid a lot of money for what they do. I mean, it, that's a uh, that that sport is so brutal and takes such a toll on your body. Man, the more money you get paid, the better. I don't care. Yeah. So, speaking of guys who are getting paid, uh, did you watch any of the NFL draft starting yesterday? None of it. Uh. Zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero percent. Now, part of that is because the Bills didn't have a first-round pick. Um, but uh, I have a hard time usually getting geeked up about the draft. Well, I admit it. Uh, we're going to do a plug for the newspaper real fast. A uh, guy who can get geeked out on anything is Mr. Kyle Goon. He's been doing all the coverage, watching the Utes and uh, the guys getting drafted right now. And so follow him at Kyle Goon and all the stuff on SaltLakeSLTrib.com uh, and uh, forward slash sports, and you can check it out. Do you think it matters for – if it, do you think a, a love of fantasy football is essential to like the draft? No, because it's pretty rare that you would draft a rookie in fantasy football. Okay, that's a fair point. So much for that great question. I got a little nerdy there. No, I mean, if you really, I really thought football, about that question before I came in, too. <laughs> no, I, I, if you're really into football, I mean, it's a big deal. I, I'm, a, I'm a casual NFL fan, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I enjoy the college game, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm a football aficionado. Um, and so that, that's why. I mean, if you're really into uh, it, I'm, I'm a Bills fan, and I'm getting more into it as they kind of uh, have been a little bit better last year. A little year. sharper. Um, and, you know, and so then you're like, man, we are just one or two players away, and that's where the draft becomes a lot of fun. Is is that then you see, well, did they get the one or two guys that we needed? Well, um, when your team is just putrid, you're like, draft whoever you want because we need more. You know, how <laughs> I, I, I love the only time I ever watched the draft. I'm sorry, when I watch the draft, which obviously is not very often, but when I do, am watching it. And they always show Mel Kuyper saying like, "Oh, this team needs a cornerback, and he need they need outside, you know, they need an outside linebacker." Right. This. Why would you feel if you're on that team and, and you were the outside and, and linebacker, or the cornerback? I'd be sitting watching the draft, going like, "Man, we're going to be building our team up. We're going to be building our team up." Like, "Oh man, I'm getting cut." Right. You're like, "Ooh, you know, where's my agent?" It's, it's basically bring yeah. your playbook in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's I I think that that's. Uh, I, I actually thought about that um, a few episodes ago when we were talking about the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, oh, well, you know, where do you need to upgrade? And by answering that question, you are saying the person at that position, because there is someone, is really not good. Yeah, there's not a fence post at that position. Right. There's a human being who's in a right. uniform that travels with the team. Yes. But really uh, get, get need all the crab legs that he wants to. Exactly. I mean, with baseball, it's like the trade down, the trade deadline's approaching, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, that team really needs some help in the bullpen. Man, if you're the guy who's been working your, <laughs> your butt off, off, and your arm is about to fall off, <laughs> and they're like, they really need bullpen help, you're like, what are you talking about? I got a 3.40 ERA, I pitched your last six games, and I've only given up one run. Shut your yapper! <laughs> yeah, I, I, man, I... Oh. It, it, it's funny because, like, when you go into locker rooms, especially in, uh, especially pros, and and it's happening more in college too. Mm-hmm. You'll have athletes who say, "Oh, I don't read the paper. I don't, 
I never read it. I would totally, I would absolutely be the guy who read every single word. And I would take absolutely, it, it goes back to me being a big baby. Yeah. I mean, I would be the guy who would also, I would read every word, and then I would hold a grudge against that reporter and not talk to them for a month if they wrote anything negative, such as, boy, that team really needs a new fill-in whatever like position you. I play. Yeah, or it could really use an upgrade. I think that that's kind of become the code word for this guy stinks is they could use an upgrade at. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's kind of like the uh, the passive-aggressive compliment. Oh, like the backhand. It's, totally it's a, it's backhand a compliment. Insult. It's a compliment that's also insulting. Yes, yes. Like, like you're, you're a, I mean, you're serviceable. <laughs> what does that mean? You're service. Shut up. I'll punch you in the face, <laughs> which, I, which I would miss. You would then punch it's me, and I'd fall down and cry like a baby. Yeah. Did you watch? Uh, uh, it was a viral video with the uh, tragedy that happened in Baltimore with uh, Ray Lewis, uh, kind of uh, instructing kids not to uh, participate. I didn't. That's right. Killed that conversation, <laughs> didn't <laughs> no, I? He's, so much for transitioning there. Yeah. Well, nice I, try. Well, anyway, uh, was I was bringing him up only in so much that uh, it's whether you like him or hate him, it's like it's fun watching Ray Lewis come, become somewhat of a caricature of himself. You know, yeah. where the message is there. And, uh, you know, that strength of personality. Um, back to the draft, though. Yeah, side note. Thank God. We could, I, you know, we're, I would edit this out if I wasn't so lazy. But if um, – <laughs> back to the draft and stuff. Would, do you, would, what, how do you even create drama with something like this? You know? well, I think Jets fans did a good job where they would boo anyone when it was in New York. It's in Chicago this year, so it's a little bit different. Man, they would boo anyone. Right. I mean, really uh, – it, 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 it's kind of, sort of, but not as bad as college signing day with football where, like, you're like, yeah, we totally addressed all of our needs. And then you go back and you're like, in, it doesn't matter because you won't know for three years. And three-quarters of the guys that you were celebrating as being the, the future of your program yeah, the next Jim Brown. are hurt, transferred, uh, Diabetic, uh, <laughs> dehydrated. I mean, you know, you're just like, all right, well, maybe that draft wasn't so good, but no one cares. It, I mean, there is an element of that on with the NFL draft too. Uh, although, if you're a bust, usually you get made fun of a little bit more. But you know, Ryan Leaf. But uh, oh man, I mean, the lead up to it, like James Winston or Marcus Mariota, who should you take number one overall? And it's like, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time getting geeked up about it. Yeah. Well, you'll be, get, you know, you'll be getting geeked up once preseason starts, right? Yeah, I guess. It's harder, it's harder yeah. now, too. You know, much like this fight coming up, it's ubiquitous. And right. It really does become a part of the society again. You know? Yeah. Although I, I, I get more excited about spring training. I, I feel like there's more there's more hope. And it's, it's irrational of my baseball team doing well than I do of an NFL team doing well. Well, let me ask you this. What did you think? I'm bringing it back. To, I was trying to transition to this Baltimore thing. Uh, the O's playing to an empty stadium. Have you? Obviously, it's never happened before. What did you think of that? Um, I I was fortunate enough in that I was able to watch a little bit of the game. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. And what I don't like, and judge me if you will, um, judge, I don't judge. I don't like that they're gonna pl- that Baltimore is going to play home games Down in, in Tampa. Or is it Tampa? You're right, Tampa. And down in Florida. And and here's my thinking on it. Is that, you know, you're you're a baseball fan, yeah. Benny, as am I. What would what would happen if the Orioles needing to play game two games came and played at Smith's Ballpark? 
Well, I mean, think about that. Where a Major League Baseball game that counted mm-hmm. was played at Smith's Ballpark. They would sell that place out. Yeah. They would absolutely sell it out. They, and I really think that they would get more fans at Smith's Ballpark than they would, than they're going to in Tampa. I really do. Oh, why I, not, see, I see what you're getting at. Okay. Why not, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually like this. Keep you've, going. You've got this game that has to be played, and you can't play it in your home stadium. Why wouldn't you send it to a community that is absolutely going to treasure yeah. that experience? Instead of going to a major league city and playing in a major league park that, quite honestly, can't attract fans for its own team. Yeah, Even a, when it's made the World Series. So I know. I, I, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, in 89, didn't they finish all the uh, World Series games off at the uh, Coliseum with alternating jersey colors? I don't remember. I think they, I, they might have. That one, if you got a problem with that, at Benny Raskin on Twitter, <laughs> at KWinmo for Kevin, you yell at us if you want. But I like where your head's on this. Like, what's the AAA affiliate of the O's? Like, why couldn't they just played it there? Right. And, and it actually used to be the Rochester Red Wings. Yeah, so um, just take the game up to New York. I mean, why why not why not do something like that? And and you know, I mean, really, okay. So the press box at Smith's Ballpark, honestly, would not be big enough to for a, to host the number of people that you need for a major league game because you, you'd have a decent number. But so there is that issue. But man, the press box at Wrigley Field is barely big enough for. Yeah. What they they do with it. I mean, just send it to a community and and it, it kind of reward them almost, you know, and and make it a big deal in that community instead of sending it somewhere where it's just ho hum, you know, boo boo. I I just think no, that's I it. I agree with you, and it's like you know, uh, it was last season when the uh, Mariners and the Rockies came and played here, you know, and yeah. it was uh, we I had uh, front row tickets to that right along the third baseline. And the energy in that uh, uh, the, the uh, old Dirks mm-hmm. Field, old New Dirks Field, was electric for two yes. teams. And, yes. And it was the coolest thing for me, and uh, my biggest takeaway about this, and this is what I wish I had written in a blog for you, was that it wasn't just that I saw Mariner jerseys and I saw Rocky jerseys. I saw every damn baseball team yeah. jersey. And yeah. it was, there was not a home team. There wasn't an away team. It was just that we had a chance at a kind of neat moment. I agree with you. I think they, they really missed the opportunity to do somewhat of a barnstorming tour with right. this. Right. I mean, imagine right. imagine this if the O's really had their S, you know, together. Take it to Rochester for the Triple A's. Take it down for the second game for the Double A's, and then go to a Single A. Right, and and I mean, when you or, get down to Double and, or, you know, and okay, Single, but, right. but just take it to the Triple A affiliate, yes. or you know, or a real neutral playing ground, you know. Right, and uh, you're ah man, it's you know, like I was talking about this with the draft yesterday. Is that people um, people are asking. Like, what did you think of the draft? And for me, it doesn't mean anything because it's all it's speculation. You know, it's proofs in the pudding when the first kickoff right. of the season starts here. But at the same time, we had seven substantial good baseball games on yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, ESPN and all these other media sites, they throw down what they want us to throw down our throat, what they think we want to be fed. It's like they're making faux gras with our sports hood. And it's right. not how it should be done. What they really should be doing is expanding their markets and expanding their brands to these other sports, give us action on TV as opposed yeah. to watching literally somebody pull ping pong balls out as if they're doing a bingo. Yes. You know? And I could not agree more with you, you know, and it's yeah. almost a great way to go out on with me absolutely so lockstep in agreement with you that every baseball team needs to go on a barnstorming tour and play at least a handful of their games at their AAA affiliate. I, the, the, the fine folks 
the fine folks of Norfolk, <laughs> the fine fans folks? of the Norfolk Tides, formerly the Tidewater Tides. Uh, it used to be, uh, the, the Tides used to be Tidewater Tides. I remember that from my childhood. They had orange jerseys. I believe that they were the affiliate of the New York Mets. I may be I may be one hundred percent wrong. If so, please send all hate mail to at Kyle Raskin. At Kyle Goon. (laughs) At Kyle Goon. Um, But you know what? The folks in Norfolk would love to have. uh, I'm sure. I think I've never been. No, presumably would 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 love to have a major league game that counted in their stadium. That'd be great. That was the other thing about the game last year. As much fun as I had it, that it was an exhibition game. Yeah. You know, it counted for nothing. You right. Know? And it, it was obviously not an indicator how both those teams are going to finish the season. Right. You know? But and who so, cares? Uh, you had 162 games a year. It's just spread them out a little bit. Right. I mean, it, it it's similar to like, um, you know, when, when a big league when a big leaguer comes and plays here on a rehab assignment. It's so cool to see them in the park. Like, it's just yeah. cool. Well, it was, why not do that? I remember when it was uh, Vladimir Guerrero coming down here, and I think he was in a Buzz jersey, you mm-hmm. know. And, and when I, during batting practice, not hitting dingers is only counts because uh, it would have I would have called them dingers, except they just left the park, you know. Right. These were these were things being thrown into uh, West you yes. know, West Temple. <laughs> you know, they were interrupting traffic flow. Is what he was hitting. Yeah. You know? And um, I agree with you. I think it's it, it's a uh, no. It was Main Street. Okay, I want people to know that I know the city. He was hitting him on Main Street. Yeah, but, you know, I, but I, I didn't want to Vladimir. mention, those are some pretty tough fall balls yeah. if he's hitting them onto West Temple. Yeah, no, God, best helmet in the game. All that pine tar on there. Oh, such, just all that oh, yeah. crap on it. Oh, Ms. Vladimir Guerrero. Oh, uh, the, time, the time he got a base hit off of a pitch that bounced in the dirt. I will never forget seeing that. Oh, the happen. cricket shot. Yeah, it was, it was tremendous. Uh. Tremendous. The ball bounces, and then he hits it into left field. All right, so we are going to wrap it up because we're coming up on the hour mark here. Uh, things to look forward to. Uh, what do you? What do you? Just sports wise, obviously we got the fights, get the derby. Obviously, either one, either one of us could be able to predict. Uh, yeah, cool stuff going on. Uh, and of course, the uh, the NCAA Final Four men's volleyball is coming up. Okay, we'll see if got Loyola a dog in that fight. If the defending national champion Loyola University Chicago Ramblers can repeat, we will see. Yeah, roll Ramblers. Only have to, as we record this. On Friday afternoon, they only have two losses this season, both to Lewis University, who they played this evening in the MIVA Championship for the automatic berth to the Final Four. Or to the and he Final doesn't Four. like boxing people. All right, for this uh, for this episode of Tribune Sports Radio, I'm your host, Ben Raskin, at Benny Raskin on Twitter. At K. Winmo. Uh, go to the Salt Lake Tribune at sltrib.com uh, for, for all the information for this great city, all the information the paper's putting out there. Please go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, rate, review, and put a comment in there. Kill us in the comment section. Or be nice in the comment section. I don't care. But anyway, thanks for listening. We'll catch back up to you next week. For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trip Sports Radio. And while you're there, please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trip Sports Radio. Tweet us questions and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to Tribune Sports Radio, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.